Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show where tonight we're going to be talking about the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week, The Keep from 1983 and directed by Michael Mann of a lot of different action movies, including Miami Vice TV series. So we're going to be discussing his foray into sci-fi and possibly why he never wants to talk about this movie ever again. But before that, we unfortunately are not going to be joined by the ghoul because he is off taking a well-deserved rest day. He'll be back next week. We do have his pick ready to go, so I'll announce that at the end of the show, as always. But we are joined by the guy who picked this movie tonight, the psychotic simian, the mad monkey, the prince of Moore's day. Yes, get funky with a monkey. Oh, yeah, yeah, King. This week we are going to do our civic duties, and we are going to kick the living shit out of some Nazi assholes. But we're going to do that in the talking tale way with a big-ass scary fucking monster, so stay tuned for that in the second half of our show. In the meantime, you know what time it is, right, fans? It's talking tale time, baby. Your favorite horror podcast with your favorite horror host with the most. So be sure to listen live on iTunes, Spotify, Blog Talk, or wherever you get your Streaming needs fulfilled. Just don't forget to like and subscribe to Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram to help spread the love of Talking Terror. What's up, my family? Ooh, what an intro. Feeling the cocaine heavy tonight, especially for an 83 pick. You got to have the cocaine. Yeah! You got to have those bucks. <laughs> and it'll help you get through the movie. So, um, oh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tangerine Dream's on the soundtrack, so you think you might need weed, but no, I think cocaine's going to help you through it. <laughs> I do cocaine. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I mean, we're obviously going to be talking about that later on in the show. Uh, and we're waiting on the Dean. You know, he's running a little bit behind, as always. So we're going to be talking about horror news. But is there anything that uh, you've been watching or catching up on that you want to talk about before we get into everything? Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Actually, uh, since the Dean isn't here and you and I love to talk about um, action figures and all the cool shit that's going on, you had put on the yeah. Talking Terror Facebook, Facebook page about how Hasbro is doing something really goddamn cool, man. And they Hasbro is joining with a 3D printing company to create the new selfie series, all right, where you – where combined, you can sit there and possibly get your own image <laughs> through the face in your own G.I. Joe figure, possibly a Power Rangers figure, or even a Ghostbusters figure. I think this is really, really fucking cool, man. Um, you know, them re- saying that they are going to try and keep this within a reasonable price range for collectors, but mm. you and I both know this is going to be well out of our price range, probably. <laughs> but yeah. and and I I'm going in this with some skepticism because I've had to deal 
with a lot of uh, custom 3D printed figures, uh, whether it's people okay. 3D printing things their own or people ordering online figures and then giving to me to customize and f- finish up for their D&D games or that, that kind of stuff. I've seen a lot of varying, varying ranges of 3D printing and nothing to the degree that they are prom- promising and showing in the commercial for this thing, but I am going in here, you know, with a grain of hope, you know, that because this is such a cool fucking idea, man, to sit there and get your own face in your own figure, you know, and it's the way of the future, you know, and I'm just really, really excited that, you know, that we could possibly one day, King, get you and your very own Ghostbusters figure. <laughs> Ooh, I would love it. Yeah, I saw that commercial. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> But you know it's going to be pricey, you know, 3D printing and everything like that. It's not going to be like, hey, it's twenty dollars. Like, no, 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 no. No, nope. it's going to be a lot more than that. <laughs> I mean, it would be very cool because I mean, they, yeah, they're doing GI Joe, they're doing Power Rangers, they're doing Ghostbusters. So yeah, to have your own Ghostbusters figure, yeah, I fucking love it. But you know, it's going to be expensive. It's definitely not going to. And it's going to be a hundred plus. I guarantee it when they release the price. Like I think a hundred and fifty might yeah. be on the low end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you, man. This is definitely going to be like in the hot toys range. <laughs> um, definitely not mm-hmm. in the you know thirty dollars you know target aisle range. But at the same time, the the figures are looking cool. From what again, what they're showing you in the commercial, good finishing on these figures that come in complete and a complete finished box and all that kind of stuff. So it's not like it's getting shipped in a bag or anything like that. Uh, right. Again, skepticism is there. But at the same time, the technology is definitely, definitely moving forward, and I think this is a really, really cool gimmick to get those fans that definitely want a unique piece for their action figure collection <laughs> right there. Now if they can just fucking do some fucking Star Wars ones, man. <laughs> Me and a fucking I, they might. I mean, Hell yeah! <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know who owns the Star Wars line of toys. I don't know if that's Mattel or Hasbro, but... I mean, I'm sure eventually you might get to that point where they're releasing them. (laughs) Oh, well, then there you go. So, I mean, Hasbro, which has this uh, stealthy technology, maybe they'll do a Star Wars line. You know, I mean, this is just starting out because they did say there's more to come. It's just they're starting with G.I. Joe, Power Rangers, and Ghostbusters. So, you know, if it's successful enough, if they make enough money off of it, you you might be able to get your own uh, weird Han Solo toy or Boba Fett, whatever you want to be. You probably want to be Boba Fett. (laughs) Kind of would uh, defeat the point because you have a helmet on. Oh, it's like, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like, hey, it's me, but, it's me. Yeah. There I am. Yep, it's totally me. Can yeah. you see me under the helmet? Yeah, yep, that's me. <laughs> Custom printed the right there, baby. No, you can't. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, and it only cost me a hundred. It only cost me a hundred and fifty for that figure, worth every penny. <laughs> <laughs> Money well spent. Now my own custom Boba Fett figure. It's all me. You can just see the details. See, so look at the hand. Like that hand. That's my hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. But, uh, with that being said, we are joined by the demonic dean. Welcome, sir, to the show. Glad to have you. We love you, dude. Can you hear me, Dean? Can you hear me? No, must be having problems with his mic again. So. Oh, calling Dean, the demonic uh, dean to the front office. Demonic dean, please report Daisy? to the front office. Your eyes is in deep shit. <laughs> <laughs> going to end up in Talking Terror's attention. Um, but, yeah, so there was that one, and also I put on the Talking Terror page the RoboCop 
uh, NECA line that's coming out soon with uh, Ed 209, the Battle Damage RoboCop. They released this really cool retro 80s commercial to promote the figures. So it's on the talking terror page. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I don't know if I would buy and those one. Figures, I, I, yeah. Those figures actually yeah. look tight, though, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's Peter Weller, I mean, all the way. Like, the way when you take off the helmet, it's actually him, you know, and not just a representation of Peter Weller, you know. Or, so very cool. I don't know if I would buy one because I, I mean, I'm a, a RoboCop fan, but not enough to buy, you know, a figure. Like, I think it's cool. Right. But plus, I don't have more room anyway. My shelf's full. So I literally can't. We just buy need to buy you another shelf. shelf. We're gonna have we're gonna start yeah, a GoFundMe for another action figure shelf for the king. I already have a spot picked out in his apartment for this new shelf. You do, <laughs> you do and it's fucking wild. So but it's also the same thing with uh my books and my movies where you and Marie are like, We're gonna get you a bookshelf, we're gonna get you a deal. I'm like, No, I'm good. I'm just gonna keep stacking. See what happens. See how much uh, I could put on my shelf until it collapses in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah, again, dude, what is with you stacking books? Okay, you're not Egon. (laughs) Seriously, we need to get the king a bookshelf, (laughs) some bookshelves. Okay, I already have a plan. Three bookshelves for (laughs) the Winchester and then a much, much larger bookshelf (laughs) for action figures. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I live on the third floor of my apartment. I don't feel like having to lug up a fucking bookshelf. Like, I'm not a professional mover. So I could order one and then have Dude. it shipped, and then I have to fucking carry it up three flights. I'm not doing that, Jazz. No, man. I'll just keep Dude, stacking it yeah. on my dresser. Man, you got the monkey right here. I'll climb up those stairs like it's nobody's business with that bookshelf on my back. You know that. Yeah, <laughs> and know then we just got to you with shoulder, so let's not do that. <laughs> let's not talk about you lifting anything, especially on a bookshelf. I'm talking about an Ikea-style bookshelf where you sit there and carry it up and then you put it together. <laughs> I'm not talking about a six-foot by eight-foot piece of oak. Yeah. <laughs> Cabinetry. <laughs> Solid piece. You know, where it weighs like 500 pounds. And you and I are trying to lug it up three flights of steps. Like, where I just get tired yeah, of that. I'm like, let's just look and leave yeah, here. You live in, yeah, you live in the Winchester, not Windsor Castle. All right? <laughs> Big <laughs> difference. Sometimes I'd like to think so. <laughs> no, I, yeah, honestly, one of these days I probably should, but at the same time, I'm just like I'm just gonna keep stacking. It's good. So, you yeah. know, let's organize. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you hear that, Marie? You hear that, Marie? He said probably should, probably should. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> Don't give her any ideas, because then she's gonna be sending me screenshots of bookshelves on IKEA.com, and I'll be like, all right, I get it, I get it, I get it. But no, dude, you have. I'll go there for you. The have a car now. We we can totally do a IKEA run. Get some Swedish meatballs. <laughs> Hell yeah! Be I'll like the Gilmore the girl. Be like, be like the Gilmore girls. Totally nail this shit down, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we get coffee afterwards and gossip about boys. <sighs> yeah, yeah, so but, yeah, but no cell, yeah, no, yeah, but no cell phones in Luke. That's the rule. <laughs> What what is Luke's? I don't get that. I've never seen an episode of Gilmore Girls. I don't know. Is that a restaurant? Holy shit! You have never seen Gilmore Girls? Oh my god! Uh, have you ever I, seen like, me in person? I, Do I look like a guy that wants uh, to check out Gilmore Girls? Uh, uh, man, it's like it's it, okay. Surprisingly, it's a show where it's like has it's a good comedy with tons of really really good music references in it, 
and everyone talks to each other like they're super well written and super fast, like everyone is in Qu- Quentin Tarantino mode. I think you would really, really like it. I'll lend you, you my box set. <laughs> hmm. So, Dean, you think I should watch Gilmore Girls? He says no. Okay, good. See, we're all set. We're all settled. Oh, dude. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, how many That's seasons are there? Uh, I, th- I believe there are seven seasons. Seven? No. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know if I have time for that. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I do, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Seven seasons of fast-talking girls? Like, I don't know anything about it. All I know is that you love it, and it's called Gilmore Girls. And So, yeah, I'm learning tonight. Apparently, they <laughs> talk about music and Tarantino movies. No, they talk in Tarantino style is what I'm saying, is the quips back and forth are super. Oh, yep. there we go. He's here. It's Dean. Jesus fucking There he is. There's our boy. I uh, don't here. even know what the problem is. Everything should be working according to plan, but uh, sometimes we just have to deal with some of those ghosts in the machine. So I apologize for my, my delay here. Uh, unintentional. I've been yeah, sitting here think... working on my all my stuff, and now apparently uh, we're in business. So here we are. Well, finally. We had our back Welcome and forth with again. Marky and I. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you Talking about Gilmore Girls. To the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Should I watch you the, all like Should I do it seven seasons? I mean, look, uh, if you're looking... Yeah. So melodrama with some bittersweet comedy, uh, then sure, go ahead and, and, and go for it. Uh, if that doesn't sound like your thing, and I've never watched one minute of it, so I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but oh. maybe, just maybe, All right. <laughs> this might be the show for you. So uh, you won't know in, until you try it. It sounds like you might be looking for something new to watch or perhaps a genre that you don't spend much time in. And if that's what you're, uh, if that's what you're feeling, then just uh, you know, go ahead and uh, go for it. Maybe. Oh, we're I mean, I'm, I'm Riverdale. That's yeah. my level. So Riverdale is where I'm at. So, and they got magic this and is shit definitely on there, not so I'm good. Oh, see, now I'm done. Now I'm kind of, you know, now I'm back on the fence where I sit. Not, so nothing is like Riverdale. It's like Riverdale. Bad, bad, yeah, bad soap operas. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so anyway, so who watched the Halloween Ends trailer? I, we, it's, Obviously, uh, Dean. hands up, hands <laughs> Dean. up, <laughs> yeah. Dean. Uh, you were you the one that mentioned everyone to the group that it snuck out last night? You're the one that put it out there, right? I did. I did. Oh, I think that was okay. the thing. You know, that all was me. all things uh, Jay Blum and J, JLC were indicating that today was going to be the day, the twentieth. But uh, yeah, you know, there it was. Uh, there it was yesterday. Surprise, surprise. So. Uh, obviously, I, I've watched it uh, like two or three times, but um, yeah, but yeah, of course. I same. same here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> same here. And, and you know, the, the ghoul's not here. Eggs in the trailer. So, yeah, the oh, ghoul's not ahead. here, but we're going to talk about it anyway, because he, he gave his thoughts real quick. We'll get more involved next week. But, yeah, let's talk about it. So, Dean, first and foremost, I put it in the group chat last night. Holy shit, they snuck it in. We watched it multiple times. We actually talked separately in another group chat about it. Uh, what did you think? Teaser, but, you know, what do you think? 
Yeah, look, we're talking about a teaser trailer here. Um, you know, I'm I uh, I'm I'm excited that we're back on the you know the timeline with each of these three films supposed to have been released in three consecutive Octobers. Uh, I'm glad that uh, at least here for the second and the third uh, that is able to happen. I am uh, you know I'm looking forward to it. You know, like we here on this program have had some differences of opinion when it comes to the second film in this modern trilogy and. Uh, that's fine. We're not here to talk about that tonight. But with that being said, I am very much looking forward to Halloween Ends. I'm curious uh, to see what uh, what comes of it. Uh, the John Carpenter, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, you know, anybody that's spoken uh, about Halloween Ends has claimed that it is a, a much different film than the first two. Um, some have called it a coming-of-age story. Uh, some have said, uh, you know, it's a departure from... From the previous, uh, so I'm curious to see what that means in, in the realm of uh, these movies. I'm going to guess that the running time is somewhere between 90 minutes and two hours at the absolute most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine it's going to clock in like an hour and 40, an hour and 45. Uh, I'm curious as to, as to what, given what we know coming out of Halloween Kills, I'm curious to see uh, what, what they're going to do with the story to to, to wrap up what is supposed to be, supposed to be it. Uh, so we'll see. But I'm excited. Okay. Monkey, what'd you think about Halloween Ends, the teaser? Oh, man, the, this teaser had me at, come get me, motherfucker. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. But In a I, I'm just yeah. hoping, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just hoping, though, that... They are willing to be comfortable giving us an actual actual closure to this saga and do what they said they're going to do and finish this trilogy and just give us a proper ending as far as this storyline is concerned. I'm not I'm not saying that there's possibly more storylines in the future or anything like that because again franchises are franchises, but give us a proper ending to this trilogy. And I'm hoping they're, you know, willing to be big enough to actually know how to properly close the story. Mm-hmm. It's a good assessment. Um, yeah, and I think that this will wrap it up, you know, especially Jim Lee Curtis saying this is the last time I'm going to be in a Halloween movie. And I hope that it is a proper send-off to that character that we've been watching over the course of the movie that she's been in. Um, the teaser worked for me just because it didn't really give you too much. You know, it just gave you a couple of fight sequences between Laurie and Michael, gave you a little bit of the atmosphere. Uh, that's all I really needed. And like I said in the group chat, I really don't want to see another trailer. Like, I'm good with that one. I don't want to go any further. Uh-huh. Like, I don't want anything further gone, you know, as far as everything goes. I like seeing what I saw. And as far as Halloween Kills, I felt like that was a filler movie, you know, just to kind of put something in between. So now we have, like, a proper one. We have the proper third movie in this trilogy to see who is the ultimate victor of it. But what I was most intrigued with is the plot synopsis that the video had. And it says that we're going to take a time jump four years into the future after Halloween Kills, where Laurie is living with Allison, still in Haddonfield, still not leaving, still not moving. Oh, jeez. You think you'd you'd want to say, you know what? Let's get the fuck out of here because Michael hasn't shown up in four years. So it's like, okay, well, you know what? It's been four years. He hasn't shown up. 
maybe we should move to Chicago or something like that. That's how some fun in the big California. Instead of state. <laughs> yeah. California worked well for her in H2O. But, so, well, you know, unfortunately, she's still there. She's writing a memoir about her life. And then this teenage boy um, gets accused of murdering the boy he was babysitting. And for some reason, this brings back Michael to have the final confrontation between him and Lori. So I found that really kind of interesting that the plot point is going to be about a kid accused of murdering a child that he was supposed to be babysitting. So how is it going to play out? How is it going to involve Michael? I mean, that really has me intrigued. But they're kind of flipping the script a little bit. It's not just about the next chapter of the battle. Like, there's actually something else going on. So that's what really has me interested. Yeah, dude. Uh, again, just anything to get it in the town and stuff like that. But, again, you know, it's the thing of where did he go? You know, where's he been hanging out? You know, and those kind of things. And then what pulls him back into the town? But again, Lori, just move the fuck out of town. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and we've joked about it, you know, especially with Halloween 2018, we joked about the fact that she's been staying there for 40 years, constantly paranoid, constantly waiting. And then finally, 40 years later, he shows up, and they have their battle. And then, of course, Halloween kills, same night, just like Halloween 2. But then you figure, like, hey, listen, it's been four years. Michael hasn't been seen since. Maybe we should go. But for some reason, you know, she stays. So she is attached to that town. I don't know. Personally, me, I'd be like, uh, as Allison, I'm going to go. I'm going to go see what stuff Florida's yeah. like. You know, Texas. I mean, you know, let's see. Oh, Why not? Oh, I heard Australia. I mean, it's beautiful this time of the year. I get all that. And, yes, I'm curious to see with this, uh, you know, four-year gap A, I'm curious to see if they're going to fold any, like, pandemic-related storyline uh, mm-hmm. as far as the gap is concerned. And yeah. you know what you just said about 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 Laurie Strode waiting around for forty years in the in the in a state of uh preparations and paranoia, uh, you know, and you know, this is no spoiler, this is going on the description of the teaser trailer, uh her character right. deciding the time is to to now like kind of let go and, and move on. Uh I, like right. that just creates more questions for me given uh what yeah. happened at the end of Halloween Kills, which, uh, you know, ended with the the murder of, of her daughter. So I'm curious as to, like, the aftermath of that. Um, you know, obviously the way they were shooting those final scenes of Kills back and forth between uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's face, it's, like, indicating that even though she's not there and she's still at the hospital, like, she knows... Uh, what had just happened to her daughter. So I'm curious what the what the Laurie Strode reaction is to that and what is the mindset and thinking that allows her, uh, you know, if this is truly what's going on within the context of the story, if she's truly trying to move on or if that's just this continued role that she's playing now for 40-plus years to continue to lie in wait. Uh, so I'm, I'm just curious as to how... How, how they bridge that gap between knowing there's going to be a four-year gap. I'm curious how they bridge it. That's all. Very curious. Yeah, 45 oh, that's years a, now. Yeah, 45. That, but, but, yeah, that's a really good point you're bringing up, Dean, is, you know, after hearing the news of Michael taking out her daughter, maybe she's set on not moving and staying put, 
to seek revenge and, you know, possibly start to hunt him down. It's possible. I mean, that's a great point, too, Monkey, because we do see in the teaser Michael walking into that house, which looks oddly like the Carruthers house from Halloween 4 and 5. So similar to how it looks. So I'm like, eh, you know, that, that's an Easter egg possibly. But when he walked up those stairs and he pushes the door open, you know, and she's holding that gun out, like, he's ready. Like, so it's going to be that knockdown drag out flight. I mean, he's trying to put her uh, hand at a garbage disposal at one point. Like, Michael's not fucking around. I mean, he's tossing her around like a bag of rocks. He's like, this got a fucking end, Lori. I'm tired of this shit. I'm like 57 years old. <laughs> One of us has me to and Leatherface, Me and Leatherface have retirement plans. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to work out the IRAs. They're trying to work out the retirement plans. And all of a sudden, oh, now we've got to go up to the final girl again. Like, Jesus Christ, Lori. Can you just fucking die already? They're, they're, they're calling up Joe Namath to see if they get any extra discounts on their senior citizens' health benefits. Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> They're just rubbing that blue emu cream all over themselves because of all the arthritis. Like, you know, just, you know, back to it. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, I just I like the fact that Michael <laughs> looks like he's just fucking so much angrier in this one than he was in, in Kills. And we saw him, like, kill an entire fucking firefighter force. And in this one, when he tosses the warrior around, it's like, yeah, there's no fucking around. <laughs> like, we are having our fight. And then you see the, the additional kind of uh, people getting attacked. So they have that subplot, which is going to happen. So... You know, I don't think it's going to be the body count of kills. It's obviously a different movie, like Carpenter and Blum have said. So I'm looking forward to it. I just don't want to see any more trailers. Like, I will wait until October 14th, you know. So if another trailer comes out, I'll post it on the Talking Terror page, but I personally won't be watching it because, no, I don't want more. You gave me a good appetizer, and I'm ready for the entree. Yeah. Uh, right, there you uh, have the words. Yeah. That's a Halloween fan. As a, you know, a guy that has, has been through the, the highs and the lows of the franchise. Like, just give me something good. Don't have him kill an EMT at the end and show up in another movie. We're now it's Kid Cudi or, or a Little Nas X. Keep your shit, motherfucker. No, we've, been, we've done this. We've been here. No. Why are we going backwards? No, next one, no, next one they bring Matthew McConaughey in. Oh, wait, no, that's Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> He probably would show up, you know, in a Halloween movie. All right, all right, all right, Michael. Going to fuck your day up. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Damn, he can do anything. This guy deserves all the more. Michael, this is what I call Texas Kiss. Like, whoa, what the fuck is that? All of a sudden, he just has a battle axe? Man, he's fucking coming in hard. I assume it looks like Steve and I but, so anyway, I digress. All right. So, Dean, what do you have for horror news tonight? What are we talking about? Oh, oh, let us see. Well, the first thing on my list is says H.N's trailer, and uh, we just spent some time uh, talking about that. So we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we've covered that adequately. And, um, yes. you know, just like previously, I'm sure there will be, you know, bits of information uh, as we, uh, you know, continue the, 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 the path to October. But uh, next, uh, this Friday, just two days from today, uh, the next uh, the next Jordan Peele feature uh, will be released onto the world on July 22nd. Uh, nope will be hitting the big screens. It is in my personal plans to perhaps try and hit a late show on Sunday. 
And I know I'm trying. Um, you know, I've seen no spoilers. Uh, I did see some headlines that indicate uh, that uh, there is positive feedback coming out of any screenings that have taken place. Uh, but I have seen no spoilers. I've read no reviews. I'm going to wait. And like I said, I'm shooting for perhaps a Sunday night late show. Um, hmm. So Nope is coming on Friday. And with that, uh, you know, Jordan Peele's been making the rounds and has been conducting many interviews and some interesting uh, tidbits in the realm of uh, Jordan Peele. He says that, uh, you know, he isn't going to be talking about any uh, future projects at this time. He says that anything he's working on that, uh, when uh, he wants you to know, uh, you will know. Uh, but he did say uh, that he plans to continue to uh, work within this realm of which he's become so esteemed. Uh, he wants to continue uh, to blend and bring uh, stories that uh, are both uh, blending uh, horror and humor uh, to tell different kinds of stories uh, with the ultimate mm. goal is to give us, the audience, a big show. Uh, so uh, we'll see how big the show is for Nope. Uh, and perhaps, I don't know uh, if the, I don't know if everybody on our on our broadcast here will have a chance to see it by next Wednesday. Yeah. And I don't know that I'm going to get to it, but uh, it is my plan to try and see it late Sunday evening. Yeah, uh, with Nope, I know that uh, Peel shot it specifically for IMAX, and we do have an IMAX theater oh. in our town. So I'm going to try to go see it in IMAX uh, when it comes out on Friday. I'm probably going to go either Saturday or Sunday, but I want to see it in the IMAX theater because he specifically shot it for IMAX. Uh, right. I want to get that full experience. So if he shot it specifically for that, I want to see it the way it was intended. You know, instead of that going to uh, um, screen. Yeah. Hmm? I said that makes total sense, and I'd yeah. have to look, but I'm pretty sure the uh, closest IMAX opportunity I might have is um, in San Francisco, and I don't, I don't think I'm going to be – and not that it's no, that no. much of a – no, I mean, look, if, if there's no traffic, I can be in downtown San Francisco in 35 minutes. Um, oh, okay. That's not bad. You know, I'm not that far. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Like, if I go in – in the pre-COVID world, if I was going into the city – to like see a concert at night, it might take, you know, 55 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes to get there. Uh, but since everything, you know, in the Bay area closes early, uh, like it would take right. 32 to 36 minutes to get home. Uh, so it's oh, not yeah. that far. It's just it's yeah, it's time bad. consuming traffic. depending on the traffic. I'm not, you know, uh, so I have to look, uh, I don't believe there's anything in my local area that's supporting IMAX. Um, but I do hope to see it regardless. But I, I guess maybe I should, if it was intended, if it was shot uh, like that, maybe I'll take a look and, and see what my options are. But um, that, that, I'm hoping that's that really might... cool, though. Like, uh, What's that? yeah, it's because like, when you when you look at the trailers, it seems very wide, very scoping, you know, and you know it, yeah. it makes yeah. complete sense now with the king is saying, you know, he shot in 65 millimeter in, instead here. You know, yeah. to, to sit there and give just this huge, huge wide range. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I wish that we had true IMAX theaters here where, where they were mm-hmm. domes. You could actually get the immersive experience that IMAXs are supposed to be. But, man, it's like, yeah, I had no idea that he had shot it intentionally for IMAX. Thank you, King. 
Yeah, yeah, he, he intentionally did it to be shot in IMAX. So he wanted to get that bigger experience, more immersive experience. Um, and also, it's a funny thing about uh, Jordan Peele. There was a guy on Twitter recently that has been praising him, saying that, you know, us, get out, nope. Like, tell me that there is no better director in horror than Jordan Peele. And he responded, sir, put your phone down. He's like, I'm not going to have you besmirch Sean Carpenter like that. <laughs> like, oh, you, Jordan oh, Peele. Oh. <laughs> you know, not drinking in the compliments. I mean, like, sir, put your phone down. All right? John Carpenter exists. <laughs> Don't tell me that I'm the greatest <laughs> horror director of all time. You know, of course, all these people are like, what about Romero? What about Hooper? What about, you know, all these other directors? And it's like, yeah. So but to have Jordan Peele actually reach out to the guy and be like, my dude, no, not the way to go. Thank you, but <laughs> put your phone down. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, because, I'm uh, you know, I, I take it with a grain of salt, though, but just because, like, the Dean uh, last week had put out, you know, uh, Jordan Peele's, you know, t- top picks for horror movies and all that kind of stuff. It's like a lot of them were okay, but at the same time, a lot of them I just couldn't agree with as far as his personal favorites, what he considers the, the top horror movies of all time. You know, it's just like, ah, man. <laughs> But you got to respect the person's opinion, you know, especially when people tell me their top five horror movies. You know, I might not agree with them, but that's your opinion. That's your, that's your yum, and I don't yuck anybody's yum. So your five might not reach my five, but that's okay. You know, at least you're liking something. You know, at least you're enjoying something enough to put it on that top five list where it's like, this is the best. So like, this is why I love it. So I love hearing when people talk about lists, you know, and talk about their favorites because I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that one, or, yeah, that's not that great, but. You know, so I, I just love opinions when it comes to horror. Just, you know, don't yuck anybody's yum. You know, if they like something until, you don't like, uh, it's okay. <laughs> you know, don't get mad. <laughs> just appreciate. <laughs> you, know, you know, somebody says they love a Rob Zombie movie. Don't be like, oh, fuck you, dude. He sucks. Like, no, just be like, all right. Not what I like, you know, but that's cool. You know, how many times we talked about Dawn of the Dead in the show and the remake? I mean, it's cool. I was just you about to say. Like it. It's just like you whenever <laughs> Zack Snyder comes up, man. <laughs> and it's fine. I don't agree that it's good, but at the same time, I'm not going to be like, well, fuck you. That's a stupid opinion. Like, no, enjoy it. Watch it. You know, I don't care. It's not going to hurt my day. You know, I just I stick with what I like. And a lot of my film picks are from the 60s and 70s. You think I care? Somebody's like, well, I've never heard about this fucking movie. It's like, well, then you know what? You're losing out. You're missing out. Saying that you never heard of a movie and saying that a movie sucks are two entirely different things. But a lot of horror fans are toxic like that, where you'll recommend a Dario Argento movie, and they'll be like, well, that's fucking stupid. Why would I watch a movie from the 70s? Like, that's your fucking go-to, man? You're going to say that you don't like it because it's in the 70s? Check it out, dude. Like, you know, give it a chance. 70s might not be your year for movies, but watch it. The, the only one Yeah, the only real time, like, I will sit there and, you know, Film shame other fans, you know, is usually the younglings out there where the only thing they know is Rob Zombie and the Hereditary series, you know. <laughs> or you know, all they, all they know is Rob Zombie and the Conjuring series. I'm just like, come on, just get out there and just watch some more movies. Just expand your horizons. There's a lot of really, really good horror out there outside of your tiny, tiny little realm. <laughs> I will give you a oh, list but that's when you have to, take to check it. out. Yeah, exactly. That's when you need to sit them down and be able to say, you know what? I got a list for you, buddy. You're going to like this. If you like these movies, you're going to fucking love these movies, dude. 
because that was the inspiration for these movies. And you open it up to a whole world of movies. So, yeah, they might only like Hereditary or Midsommar, but you could be like, well, check out Wicker Man. That's, that's the inspiration for Midsommar. Oh, so I love Nicolas Cage. Fun. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that one. Watch it after. Watch the one from the 70s first. And then if you want a little taste of something completely different and something off the wall, then check out the remake with Nicolas Cage. You know, so it's it's one of those things where it's like you find out what they like and they're young and they don't know any better. So you're just like, you know what, the whole glut of movies that you could be checking out, you know, that might blow your mind away, you know, and you've never heard of it. So I love it when that happens. So then I'll just be like, we need to check out these. You know, if you're a fan of this, check out that, you know, and, and they come back and they'll be like, well, I loved it or I hated it, but at least they watched it. So at least they sat down and they took it in. If they don't like it, they don't like it. And then I get really upset, though, with, you know, the young horror fans. You know, no, no offense, kids, but, you know, when we recommend movies to, to them to watch, out, to watch, and then they respond back like, no, I heard that's too scary or too gory. And I'm like, oh, uh, aren't you supposed to be a horror fan? Aren't you supposed to be that's looking weird. for the stuff that's <laughs> scary and gory? You know, that, that's what we do. <laughs> you know, that's what we watch. Yeah. <laughs> and not everything's right. I'd be a little bit confused. <laughs> yeah. I'd be confused. Why don't want to watch it because it's too scary. It's like, oh, well, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, somebody told me that earlier. Uh, somebody was asking me about the black phone. And I was like, oh, yeah, I recommend it. Great. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but it, if it's too scary, I can't watch it. Like, well, then I don't know what I, I can do here. I was like, I don't know. I don't know how to fix this. I was like, it's a horror movie. It's going to be scary. I was like, watch it during the day. And they're like, that's a great idea. And I was like, yep, see, listen, little fixes, little fixes. <laughs> You're going to like it during the day. Don't watch it at night. Watch it during the day. So, yeah, I try to fix it like that. But anyway, Dean, moving on, what else have you got in heart? Let's see. Uh, there have been some people out there that are very much looking forward for the opportunity uh, to see what Rob Zombie has been cooking up with the Munsters, and uh, <laughs> the Munsters will be coming to Netflix uh, in September. Uh, they, uh, from what I understand, um, haven't released the exact date that it's hitting Netflix, but... Uh, they have said that on September 27th, it will be hitting the shelves on Blu-ray and DVD, uh, but it will be hitting Netflix sometime in September. So you can actually get the physical copy before it hits Netflix. Well, not necessarily, because if it hits Netflix on September 16th, uh, then it will be on Netflix before the physical copy. They just said it's coming to Netflix in September. They didn't say what day. Okay. Well, I mean, I hope that it's before the physical release, you know, so you can yeah, I mean, uh, I would guess, watch it for free. I, right. I mean, I would guess that would be the, the plan, but I don't make these decisions for the business people. Um, but I would have it, right. being that it is a Netflix uh, property, like I would guess it would hit Netflix first uh, before any type of physical media. Yeah, I know that's what a lot of people are wondering about. They're like, well, wait a second, it's going to hit Netflix, but is it going to hit it before the physical? And I was like, well, I would hope so. Because why would you want to go out and buy a movie that's going to be on Netflix for free? Maybe you watch it on Netflix and you're like, you know what, I want the physical copy. I mean, that, that's how hopefully the release works. Where it's like, yep, yeah, I watched it on Netflix, I fucking loved it. 
uh, now I'm going to buy a physical Blu-ray, you know, DVD, whatever. I kind of want to meet those people. But we'll see. We will see. Well, I, 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 I'm just absolutely <laughs> laughing my ass off. and So, so excited for a month. So goddamn happy that this is not getting a theatrical release. I'm just saying, ha-ha, fuck you, Rob Zombie. <laughs> I mean, it was well, never said, said that it was going to be a theatrical yeah. release. It's always been a Netflix. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Dean. Yeah, he never said it was going to go to theaters. He always said it was going to go to Netflix. They bought it right it's away. always been stated to be Netflix. So, yeah. no, you save your, your trip to the theater and watch it on Netflix. And, you know, hopefully people like it. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, be like that and negative towards Rob. You know, he got to make his dream project, like I said last week. Guy got to make a movie that he always wanted to make. So I wish him the best. Is it something I'm probably going to watch? Probably not. But you know what? I might do it for the show. Who knows? Stay tuned. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but all right. Moving on, Dean. What's next? Uh, some things in the Quiet Place uh, universe. Uh, so, uh, you know, the Quiet Place 2 was one of those that uh, continued to get pushed back and pushed back and pushed back because of the COVID world and right. finally seeing the light of day. Uh, there is first going to be, well, it's been told to us that there is going to be a Quiet Place 3, uh, a direct sequel to the first two films that's not coming till sometime in 2025 but in the world of a quiet place they have been uh they have told us now that on march 8th of 2024 uh we'll see the spin-off called quiet place day one uh which will be taking place in the same world uh as the quiet place films but will be a story that does not involve the abbott family uh so a spin-off as well as a sequel uh, in 2024 and 2025. Do you think people are going to forget about those movies by the time that happens? Like, I feel like Quiet Place <laughs> is such a blip on the radar. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed the first one. I liked it for what it was. But at the same time, it's like, are you trying to do James Cameron shit now? Where it's like, yeah, in 2024, you'll see this movie. And then 2025, you're going to see this one. Thinking, are people going to really remember A Quiet Place by then? I don't know. I mean, I mean I we'll see. Like, well, I... I don't know what happened uh, with A Quiet Place 2. Like, I don't know if it was successful. I don't know if it reached the level of audience that um, the first film got, uh, and I guess primarily because of all of the the COVID bullshit. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's carried over and what type of fan base. But, you know, these these are... studio films and they're pushing forward with these projects. So I'm sure they're running all kinds of numbers and projections before uh, deciding on making investments in these projects. But, but who knows, you know, uh, it's been, it's been 10 plus years since, uh, you know, Avatar, you know, and granted that was a yeah. massive global yeah. smash compared to a quiet place was completely different things. Uh, but they continue to make films from uh, things that are way old. I mean, uh, going into production in the very near future is the fifth. Uh, and since Richard Donner died, uh, Mel Gibson is taking up the director's chair. But uh, they're going into production on, on Lethal Weapon 5. And Lethal Weapon 4 came out That's in 1998. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. I thought they got canceled because the director died. No, uh, apparently Richard Donner, who was like 90 or 91, uh, had been saying yeah. for like the last two years that it was going to be like his swan song. Uh, but ultimately Donner uh, passed away and 
apparently it was his dying wish that, uh, you know, Mel Gibson, who has been a, a, a very a tremendously successful uh, director, uh, yeah. has decided to, to take up the, the directing chair. Uh, so it's supposed to go into production, mm. uh, like, at some point in the near future. Um, I think as recently as April, it was that all systems are go and everyone is on board that they want mm. to be on board. But what I mean is, like, yes, Quiet Place is a genre film, but it was one of those that had the ability, at least the first one, to kind of break through to a, a bit of a more mainstream audience. And again, I would have to yeah. look up what the second one did, uh, but they're 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 continuing to push forward. So so that's what's going on in the world of a quiet place. What was uh, Monkey? What are you going to say about it? I know you wanted to, to pop in there. Yeah, it's it's just. Um... I was literally just talking to a coworker today and talking about the how much of an effect the first one had and the movie going experience and just how quiet yeah. everyone was trying to be in the movie theater. You know, he he was literally talking to me today about like you know everyone's like trying to quietly open their snacks and stuff just because it was that <laughs> immersive of a film. You know, the first one was, but I I yeah. was with the dean of you know. Yeah, the first one had a huge impact, but then I was curious, too, about how big of an impact the second one had actually made. You know, again, it happened during, you know, COVID time, so no one really gets any real numbers. Uh, but, yeah, I was along with the dean about, you know, whether or not it had actually, you know, validated itself, you know, a third film or not. But like the dean was saying, though, hey, they run in numbers and stuff like that, so we'll see. You know, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell um, because I know even with um, the Insidious series, like that movie series, I felt like it died out after part two, but yet they just kept making them. And then all of a sudden it was announced that there's going to be a part five coming in 2024. So what? I was like, okay, well, you know, there are people out there that still, I guess, want to see another Insidious movie. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, like I said, that movie fell apart after part two. I was like, you know what? These are just two movies. And then I saw the third and the fourth, and I was like, ah, they're just trying something here. You know, like Sinister yeah. was another one. That first Sinister movie, Ethan Hawke, was fucking stellar. And then they made a sequel, and it was like, not so great. And then they just said, we're going to stop. We're, we're not going to make any more. But for some reason, you know, they, they, they just pick and choose the series that they decide they want to make a long-term commitment to. You know, The Purge is another one. The Purge, after the last one, you know, which is last year, I was like, okay, we're done. We're good. And then they're like, well, no, we're going to do like, a, you know, a forever Purge now. And I was like, oh, there's no more story left. <laughs> What it's like pred- it's like, pre- it, 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 like predator prey. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the trailer looks good. I was like, you know what? I'm kind of into it. But you know, then again, I'm the guy that liked the predator when it came out. So I'm in the the off group. You know, I'm that one guy. Oh, that was that's you. Like, yeah, the predator. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm the one that liked it. So yeah, I'm the one guy that still stands up for that movie. He's like, I fucking love you, man. A little predator, like, hey, he gets it. But uh, we'll see what happens with the quiet place. So moving on, Dean, what else you got? Uh, let's see. Uh, quite some time ago on this very program, and I believe it was a pick of the Mad Monkey, we covered a film uh, with John Boyega called Attack the Block. And, yes, sir. Uh, some, yes. some time ago, <laughs> I had talked about how uh, John Viega had uh, put out the word that he and Joe Cornish were uh, thinking about revisiting that universe. And uh, John Boyega has said that he and Joe Cornish have been 
uh, cooking things up in the lab and that you should expect some news on Attack the Block uh, very soon. Uh, also quoted as saying, we are in development. Uh, so it looks like Attack the Wait. Block 2, while not officially <laughs> yeah. with any real information, but it looks like Attack the Block 2 is moving forward. Oh, that yeah, is awesome. That is, that is, that, that is a storyline that is open that they can easily continue. That I'll be perfectly mm-hmm. fine with. <laughs> plenty of space. Plenty of space to work with with that movie, so I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Stay tuned for more info on Attack the Block Part 2. All right. So, Dean, what's next? Uh, also, uh, in the world of uh, sequels, uh, mm-hmm. we are re- Turning to uh, the further as uh, Insidious 5 has been given a release date of July 7th, 2023, uh, with longtime star Patrick Wilson uh, manning the directing chair uh, for Insidious 5. So if you are a fan of the Insidious series, you have more to look forward to. Yeah, like we just oh, talked about. Just, uh, that, that's it. Did they... Did they just go the Star Trek route of we, we've run out of directors, so now let's get one of the former actors to actually be a director now? <laughs> because Star Trek is 100%. like famous for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I could completely say that's probably how they did it. And they're like, let's just have Patrick Wilson direct it because he was in the first two. You know, and, you know, again, part three was kind of good. Part four, oh, awful. So I was like, all right, well, let's bring it back. And I want Patrick Wilson direct uh, part five. So we'll see. You know, like I said, those movies kind of were their welcome out after part two. I think there's just nothing left to talk about. So they went the prequel route with part three. They're like, ah, it's a prequel now. So we're going to explain how it started. Ooh, and when Shay's going to show up, and she's going to be the psychic again. And it's like, oh, this is how it all began. Oh, my God. Like, this is fucking wicked. And then part four, they're like, yeah, we're just going to kind of be in the middle of things. And, you know, we don't really know where we are in the story, but we're there. And just kidding. <laughs> and there's ghosts. And, <laughs> Or like the ghoul likes to say, it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. That should just been the tagline for part four, you know, the the keys movie. I can't remember. It felt like skeleton keys or something like that. But, yeah, it's just been like, it's a movie. It's got ghosts in it. And it has the further. So. But we'll see how that turns out. All right. So moving on, Dean, what do we got? I will tell you what we got. Usually I don't uh, report on, oh, this movie is being made and that movie is being made because there's, then that would okay. take up the whole fucking uh, segment because there's a million different horror movies being made. But uh, oh, apparently yeah. there is a TikTok uh, horror film coming out that will be, uh, you know, satirizing social media uh, that uh, is called Skillhouse. And it will be starring mm-hmm, yeah. uh, 50 Cent, 50 Cent and... Paige Van Zandt, amongst others. Uh, wrestler, the, reason, yeah. uh, the reason that I'm here to tell you this story is that uh, this film is currently shooting, and apparently they were shooting a kill scene that was so gory and so gross that it caused the cameraman to become nauseated, and he passed out with the camera nice. to the ground. Uh, so... Uh, keep your eyes out for Skillhouse. Apparently, they're bringing the uh, the visual horrors uh, to to the nth power. If the camera people are falling to the ground with their cameras, I did share that in the Talking Terror page. They had the shot of the camera on the ground with blood and pieces of flesh on there, and I was like, man, 
that's fucking great hype. I was like, that Skill House movie must Absolute, fucking suck. But that is great absolutely. fucking hype for a movie. Because now you have to see the scene. Great old school tactics. And now you have to be like, what is the scene that, where this guy passed out from filming it? Like, this is amazing. So great on them for doing that. Because that's going to bring people to want to watch it. Me included. That's a great William Castle tactic. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Props to them, man. That's how you have to do it in this day and age. You know, if you're making a movie, you got to do something that's going to hook people in. Especially an indie movie that's based on TikTok, you said. I, I don't know anything about I know it exists. I'm yeah. not a TikTok person. I don't watch it. I don't get it. I'm old. It's like short. So all these. Like short. Oh. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, um, uh, it's for those with no attention span because it's just, I oh. guess, whatever, whatever creators of content or people that you follow on TikTok, it's just like short videos, not short, like six seconds, like Vine, but like, it's just a mm-hmm. continuous reel of one short video after the next. And oh. obviously based on what you watch or rewatch, it forms uh, like an algorithm for you uh, that, uh, funnels the type of content uh, that you watch. For example, uh, there's a feature on Instagram that's called Reels. And uh, okay. if you know what Reels are on Instagram, uh, TikTok is like the same exact thing as Reels on Instagram. So if I were to like open my Instagram right now and my Talking Terror Reels section looks different than my personal Reels section, but if I open my personal Reels, uh, there's like food and cooking short videos. And then there's uh, hockey short videos and things with like funny animals and you know all the things that I regularly kind of watch so uh, that's what's in my reels feed like oh look there's a chicken doing something funny and I'm, oh, I'm just scrolling right now oh look there's a husky that's outside in the snow covered in snow that doesn't want to come inside and there's a guy scoring a sick hockey goal and there's somebody that made a, nice. a dip out of pumpkins so like uh, you know hmm. and they're super like they're okay. super fast like like 15 seconds 10 right. seconds uh, and you can just continue s- scrolling, and it's just endless. It just goes on and on and on and on forever. So, uh, you know, it's 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 like short. It's like majorly short attention span uh, uh, content. Oh, I mean, I've heard of it. I just I've never really kind of dipped into TikTok. I heard people do it, and yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't like have a thing. TikTok. I don't yeah. use TikTok. I, I don't have one. I don't right. use it. Um, but if you if you have Instagram, if you open Instagram. Uh, and click on that button on the bottom that looks like a little directing thing with a play button that will open like the real section, and then you can just scroll up. And it, that, that, that's exa- I, from what I understand, that's like exactly what TikTok looks like. Hmm. All right, now they're making movies about it, so it must be a thing. All right, so moving on, what do we got? Uh, I have not yet seen uh, M. Night Shyamalan's film Old, but that was the first of what was supposed to be, I believe, two films, a two picture deal, and. Uh, we know, I, I know we talked about uh, this on um, this segment of the program at some point that his next mm-hmm. film was going to be called Knock at the Cabin, but it's now been uh, said that this Knock at the Cabin uh, is going to be an adaptation of a novel uh, by Paul Tremblay called The Cabin at the End of the World. Uh, I, do know yeah. what the, I do not know what the plot is of The Cabin at the End of the World, but M. Night's Knock at the Cabin will be some type of adaptation of this novel. Um, yeah, I've, I've read it. Uh, I actually like Paul Tremblay. Uh, he did Survivor Song, uh, Head Full of Ghosts, uh, but uh, Cabin at the End of the World is kind of like a post-apocalyptic movie. 
about a family and trying to protect their home against marauders. Um, so, yeah, interesting that Shyamalan picked it up to, to make an adaptation of it. I'd like to see what he does with it, um, see if he does something different. I mean, it's Shyamalan, so there's going to be a twist. What a something. twist. You know, what a... <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, and, and, Dean, I know we haven't seen Old yet, and I, I think you should watch it. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. But, again, it was one of those things where, like, the twist was just so apparent, where it's like, uh, hmm, for me anyway, kind of sucked. But uh, you might like it. Just to me, it was, just, it was such a thing where it's like the twist at the end was like, oh, great. All right. Well, so it is on my never-ending list. <laughs> Excuse me. In your opinion, then, you, you saw the twist a mile away for old? Yeah, and then when it was given to you, you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, oh, my God, that, that's clever. Like, wow, he really did something. With it. The, the twist, at first, you're just like, okay, I get it, but mm, I don't like it. <laughs> they take so much time to explain it. Like, he's like, do you get it? But do you get it? Do you get it? And I'm, yes, yes, I understand. Like, yeah. I figured it out. I get it when you stop explaining sp- it. but you're taking time out of your movie to be like but really though like you you get where i'm coming from right like no i do i do thank you you know i just i I don't really i'm not there with you shamala (laughs) i want to go back and watch glass again (laughs) it's just you know so yeah so once you get to it dean you have to let me know your thoughts because i mean i liked it but again just Shyamalan doing his twists, as he always, he's known for. So, anyway, moving on. What do we got? Uh, let's see. What do we got? Moving on. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Adrian King, final girl uh, from the original Friday the 13th. Yeah. Uh, you know, one who, uh, after uh, the Friday the 13th, dealt with some kind of stalker issues, which caused her to kind of stat of the limelight and not really work that much in film. Uh, but she is returning uh, on August 19th. I'm oh, no, sorry, not 19th, on August 9th, uh, where she is starring in the film called The Dead Girl in Apartment 3. So if you would like to see Adrian hmm. King return once again to the screen, uh, there there you have it. So I have no idea what that film is about. I can not speak to its quality in any way. But right. uh, Adrian King, uh, once again. Sounds like there's a dead girl. That's an apartment. She shows up. So there we go. There's the plot. But yeah, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've never really been a big fan of Adrian King. I'm like, dude, you were in the first Friday Thirteenth, and then part yeah, of part two. Yeah, that's what I'm that's saying. Great. You know, like I'm not trying to say, oh, yeah. it's such a big deal, but like, you know, like, you know, not that uh, many uh, career, big time careers were launched from Friday the Thirteenth, aside from Kevin Bacon. But no. Like, you're a young kid and like you, you you get in this movie and that makes a little bit of noise and like your career is getting started and then like you have a fucking stalker that causes you to go into hiding and maybe sabotages what could have been a bigger career like I'm just you know happy to see her out there doing her thing yeah but there was also a lot of talk about the fact that they weren't paying her enough for part two so I mean yeah she did have a stalker and it's tragic and I'm sorry that she did that but a lot of that part two talk happened to be about money too she felt like they were not paying her enough especially if they just wanted to kill her off in the beginning. So kind of like Nev Campbell, you know, it was like, you know what? Oh, you know, you're not paying me enough. This isn't enough. So, so you know, it, it comes back to that. So, yeah, she did have a stalker. It was a real thing. But at the same time, there's been a lot of talk about the fact that they were not paying her enough for part two. So she's like, I'm out. 
have fun with your movie. I'll do the opening kill and then I'm out. So, yeah. But anyway, she's going to be in a new movie. It's great. Uh, moving on. What else we got? <laughs> uh, speaking of Nev Campbell, uh, she has said that as far as uh, Stream 6 is concerned, she said that uh, the character of Sidney Prescott was going to be involved in the original script of Scream 6. Uh, we know it's been stated publicly that Nev Campbell will not be returning, uh, but there's also all kinds of rumors about secret deals and appearances, so who knows what the what the truth actually is, but she did say that, that her character was uh, supposed to be in, in the script uh, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll be the kill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'll be the cold open, which would have been fucking great, but at the same time, then again, you have that rumor of, like, is that her just saying that, and then we're going to see her appear. So, you know, we'll wait and see. I'm, I'm good with her just not coming back. Like, again, like I've said numerous times, you know, have the Ghostface killer stalk new victims, make it a new generation, make it fun. You know, we don't need the legacy characters back. You know, I know Courtney Cox is attached, and it's like, that's great, but minimal role, please. Just show up on TV. I'm, you know, I'm Gail Weathers. And it's like, all right, we're going to cut. We're done. There you go. <laughs> You know, that's all I'm saying. You know, I don't, I don't need to see the legacy characters come back again. Uh, I'm good. You know, I want to see a new generation, you know, with, uh, like Dean said about the TikToks and the, uh, the Vines and the you-know-whats on the Instagrams. I know I sound like a 90-year-old man, but still, we're in that new generation now. Where we're old. Like, we can't fit in. They need to make a movie for the kids of this generation. Like, that's what Scream was for us. It was for us. You know, yeah. So now we need to do one for them. Us. Yeah, that's now a really good point, man. Yeah, yeah. it's not we our need to time. Do one for the young kids. <laughs> no, our time is past. We're just a bunch of old fucking creeps to talk about horror movies. <laughs> you know, Up there, the new it's their time. But down here, it's our time. <laughs> that's when we mean. have our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we have our time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dean. Moving on. Moving on, uh, R.L. Stein, uh, everybody's favorite uh, horror author for children and, and young adults, uh, has said yeah. uh, that, yes, uh, as we know, there is an upcoming uh, Goosebumps series uh, coming for Disney+, Plus. Uh, but he did say uh, that he had heard some rumors about how there was going to be uh, more Goosebumps movies and also uh, more Fear Street made for Netflix. And uh, Netflix has since confirmed uh, that there are more uh, Fear Street uh, films in what they're calling deep development. Uh, So just some stuff that's going on in the world of the R.L. Stein properties. Okay, man, and again, good for him, man. It's like just when you thought he thought the well <laughs> yeah. was dry, it's like you know the '90s kids start becoming parents. They're like, man, you totally need to learn about Goosebumps and Fear Street, and then they're like, let's make some new money deals in our else It's like oh, money again. Yeah. Oh my god, what this was like. Oh my god, this is so awesome. <laughs> I'm telling you, R.L. Stein and Stephen King are at the same level right now. You know, obviously, yeah. R.L. Stein writes for the younger kids, and he writes for preteens and teens, and, and King writes for the adults. But at the same time, they're at the same level, where all of a sudden all these adaptations are coming out. 
I'm like, yeah, we're going to make more Fear Street. We're going to make more Goosebumps. And he's just like, back that money truck up. But, you know, let's go. Back that truck up. <laughs> you know. And Stephen King are just like, man, I'm living the life. And it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. It's deserved. You know, you both created great content. So let's just keep it going. You know, let's keep the, the trains going. Get those money trucks back up to the house. So I'm excited for it. I'm a huge Fear Street guy. I'm a big uh, Goosebumps guy. So I'm excited for R.L. Stein to be like, yeah, man, my time is now. Like, I had a great time in the 90s. It's your and now time. now I'm making an even better time, <laughs> you know. So. All right, Dean, what else do you got as we wrap up? Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, there was a trailer for uh, season two of Chucky uh, that announced yep. the release date of October 5th. So if you've been looking forward uh, to seeing the Chucky 2 uh, series, you, uh, you know, the, you have to wait a little bit longer, uh, but that will be coming October 5th. Can't wait. Yep. All right. So there's that. So is that it? All right. Uh, no, we I just have a couple minor things that don't necessarily involve okay. uh, big discussion, but uh, we right. have been talking about the upcoming boys uh, spin-off series taking place <laughs> in, the, in the College for Superheroes has been given right. the title uh, Gen V, as in Generation V. Uh, mm, so the boys okay. spin-off is going to be titled Gen V. And then uh, finally, I, like as I know this one will be, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. very much looking forward to it. Uh, it sounds very exciting and fun, and I expect uh, nothing less but some high-quality entertainment from the guys over at the fellas over at the boys. Um, and this last thing I want to just kind of bring up quickly is probably of uh, most of interest to, uh, to our King of Horror. Uh, hmm. But apparently, uh, excuse me, uh, George Romero's film Martin, uh, his his director's cut, which was never released, uh, supposedly was his preferred uh, version of the film. And uh, it had Correct. thought to have been lost for quite some time until uh, after his death. Uh, the original reels uh, were located, and uh, they went to some Sweet. company to be like digitized and all of this, and uh, no word on when there might be opportunity to see that. Aside from the fact uh, that the original reels uh, are currently up for auction, uh, they what? they say that they're in excellent condition, that mm-hmm. the pictures are sharp, uh, that there's no uh, there's no impact of of some vinegar or something and uh, that there have only been uh, eight bids. The bidding started at $500, and apparently they were only expecting this to bring in in the two to $3,000 range, but so far there have been eight mm-hmm. bids, uh, and it, it's currently standing at $25,000. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> Dan yeah, King, no, we're going to start our own production company. We could have just translated put out the director's cut of Martin. Yeah, that's the, the three-hour cut. That's the one that Romero preferred, where he yeah. shot it almost completely in black and white, uh, and it was three hours. So that was his idea. I mean, man, I mean, Martin's good enough as it is, but a three-hour cut? Oh, man. I have, I I have an update. $25,000. Okay. All right. I have an go. update. Uh, so the previously unreleased director's cut on 16-millimeter vampire film uh, the black and white uh, director's cut uh, with the running time of approximately 150 minutes. Uh, That's the one. They say, like I said, 
sharp picture, uh, no readily apparent significant scratches, damage, or splices, and the presence of vinegar syndrome was not readily detected. Uh, the auction actually had closed just a couple of days ago on July 18th, uh, and the final oh. price, and I'm looking, I'm looking here, uh, the estimated final price was supposed to be two to three thousand uh, dollars. The lot closed with the sold price of fifty-one thousand two hundred dollars. Oh. 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 man! I want to go to that person's house. If you, uh, it does not ah. give any does not give any information on on the winning bidder, but I can tell you well. uh, that if you head over to the Julian's Live auction website. Uh, you can see all kinds of photographs of the reels and their cans and some of the films. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool shit to, to look at if that's your thing. So uh, that auction, auction has closed uh, at a $51,000 uh, final bid. Oh, wow. Amazing. You know, and hats off to that person. You know, they weren't even expecting that much. They were expecting a couple thousand dollars and 50 plus thousand dollars. That's great. And hopefully, you know, that, that goes to the George A. Romero Foundation, you know, to keep it going. So we'll see where that money ends up going. But amazing. I hope to see it one day, but obviously probably not. It's going to go into a private collection, I'm sure. Uh, but anyway, with that being said, Monkey, we need to get into the keep. We need to start beating on some Nazis. Do we? So we're going to be talking about that movie from 1983, directed by Michael Miami Vice. Man. So let's get into it. Give us a plot synopsis and what do you think? Picture it, Romania, 1941. The Carpathians in the mountains. Okay, a Nazi occupational force has been dispatched to a remote village to guard what, what an area called the Denu Pass. What is in this pass? A large, mysterious fortress known only as the Keep. There are rumors that both treasure and mysterious power that have yet to be unlocked are concealed within its giant walls of slate. Little do they know that they, for soon an unreconcilable force, is let loose upon the inhabitants of the keep and very possibly the world itself. All right. So, that's a breakdown of the movie. <laughs> I picked this movie because a long, 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 long time ago, I saw the making of this film on an old Nickelodeon TV show called Standby Lights Camera Action. It was a show that was hosted by Leonard Nimoy that would yep, show behind-the-scenes filmmaking. Yeah, it covered everything from storyboards, set designs, creature effects, stunts, you know, even filming techniques. It was an awesome show for a little monkey like me who yeah. loves movies but hardly ever had it. Godzilla. <laughs> but hardly ever had a chance to actually go to the theater. I remember them covering this, and I just fell in love with the set. Like, this big, huge, horrible, menacing stone fortress of dread. Like, it was just bloody beautiful. But as years went on, I totally forgot the name of the film, and I never had a chance to see it. That is until now. And, dude, what a weird fucking ride this movie was. This is like one long, big-ass 1980s MTV music video. Thanks, Michael, man. <laughs> it's just full of slow motion, you know, bits of flowing cloth, random fucking horses walking across the screen, weird lovemaking, and just weird Power Rangers style special effects. Um, so yeah, but this like this movie is it still feels though like you know definitely feels like it's missing something. Like you know, I enjoyed it and I had fun with it, but it doesn't feel like a complete film. Something just seems you know mm -hmm. off. 
but I can't. But I, but, but I couldn't really put my finger on it. But I also feel like Ridley Scott saw this movie and then thought, you know what? I could make this into a much better movie. But but I'm gonna sit there and you know because when you think work. about it, this film is just a, yeah. This movie is yeah. just a poor man's version of Legend. But instead of World War Two and scumbag Nazis, we're just gonna sit there put it in a fantasy world and you know straight up use the fucking devil. You know, but. I still finally got to see the keep. So figures up. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> All right. So Dean, what'd you think about the keep? Uh, so this is one that I had uh, never seen before, or uh, if I okay. um, recalling correctly, I don't believe that I even uh, heard about it. But when I looked it up after Monkey's announcement of this film for our program, and uh, seeing that it was a directed uh, by. Uh, Michael Mann, who I am a fan of, and also uh, a pretty strong cast um, with the likes of Scott Glenn and McKellen and uh, Bruce Payne and Robert Prosky and Jurgen Robbo. Yeah, Gabrielle Byrne. uh, You know, really good cast here, but, um, you know, sort of like what the monkey said with something missing. Uh, like, yeah, there was some interesting visuals and whatnot, but I found it to be like a little bit like kind of like weird and, and, and like, like hard to even kind of follow what truly was going on. What I will say was pretty cool, uh, as far as, the, uh, you know, Michael Mann's, uh, filming style is that, uh, I watched this through, uh, renting it on Amazon and they were only offering what they were calling, uh, a standard definition copy for a two ninety nine rental. And I thought that it was fucking visually stunning. Like the picture was fantastic and crisp and clear. And I was really expecting to not uh, have that kind of experience. Um, So I wasn't really uh, into this. Like, uh, like, like a million films that we've talked about from this time period, from like the kind of late seventies into the early eighties pacing, um, you know, and I, I did also oh, yeah. learn that the that the studio had 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 butchered this film with their editing, and that Michael Mann had kind of disowned it, uh, you know, post production. <laughs> sure uh, you know, I know this came from a novel, and I don't know. I haven't read the novel, uh, but uh, you know, I'm not sure what the what the end game was or the final plan was for this film. But I kind of like like wasn't super into it. Yeah, yeah. And it- I kind of uh, resound those statements because, you know, The Keep isn't one of my favorite movies to watch. I mean, I've, I've seen it a few times, uh, but it's been, like, years. So it's not like I watched it last year. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait for that to be a pick on the show. Uh, no, it's, it's, I revisited it this time, and I, I appreciate the Tangerine Dream soundtrack because uh, I'm a huge fan of that group. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it drags. This movie just drags in a lot of points. I mean, it's visually great when it wants to be great. But then it just drags at certain points where you're just like, okay, we can move on. Like, we could just, you know, you know, we don't need all this. Yep. In, in bringing up the soundtrack, uh, King, that reminded me something that I wanted to say. And I find this to be uh, an issue with a lot of, like, modern, like, shows and, and movies is that I found myself between, like, the dialogue and the soundtrack. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I found myself having to kind of raise up the volume yeah. When like characters were talking, <laughs> yep. and then having mm-hmm. to like lower it down at other points, like I feel like yep. so many. There's been nights now. It doesn't make that much of a difference because when my new TV uh, has built-in Bluetooth, so at night when it's late and I want to watch something for real, I just use my Bluetooth headphones. But uh, you know, when trying to watch something, 
with modern film, I find all the time at home uh, that I'm like raising up the volume when characters are talking, and then I have to lower it down when action is happening. Uh, And I found that like I had some weird weird volume fluctuations with with this one as well in in this one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but dude, you're spot on, man. Especially like with Marvel movies. Marvel movies (laughs) are really, really fucking bad with pumping up the volume. For you know the the score and you know the explosion the sound effects and and then you have to sit there and be readjusting when people start talking because you have to you know like every time I'm getting ready to put on a Marvel movie you know like I you know Lanny sees me you know fumbling with the controls because I have to readjust volume controls to what I know is going to be a Marvel movie because I know the score and the explosions and shit are going to be loud as fuck. The speaking is going to be super low, you know, and it's the exact same thing in a theater, you know, because, King, last time you and I went to go see Deadpool, it was fucking ridiculous. We could hardly yes, hear it was talking because the score was, the was so damn loud. The yeah, sound mix but, was terrible. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, and back in 83 when this movie came out, that was a common complaint with The Keep, is that the mixing for the sound was so bad. Where it's like you hear the Tangerine Dream soundtrack and you're like, I can't even hear what the fuck they're saying. You know, that's a problem. Like, I, I want to be able to hear what they're saying, but the soundtrack is so loud. So, yeah, that was an oncoming issue that I had with it. Um, but then again, so let's get into it. So we have a group of Jeeps coming in. There's a group of Nazis coming into this small place. It's a village. And we find out they're in the Dini Pass, Carpathian Alps, Romania, 1941. So as the caravan arrives at a citadel, simply known as the Keep, Sergeant Dietrich Oster thinks they should go back to Russia for the final insult to Moscow. But Captain Klaus Wormann disagrees. They've been assigned to this past, and they're going to guard the shit out of this place. So Wormann enters the Keep, looking around, stumbling across the caretaker Alexandru and his two sons. Well, who tells you what to do around here? No one. Well, what do you do around here? I don't know. <laughs> Mostly just scare people by popping out of, uh, you know, places in the wall. It's fun. It's a living. Yeah. So, and then they leave. Yeah, we, and they're we, never fucking we, seen again. We, uh, yeah, it's like we have this giant, giant keep. Uh, it has 104 nickel uh, crosses embedded in the walls. And, you know, uh, it looks like a weird-ass structure because... It looks like it's made to keep something in instead of keeping people out because my soldiers can totally climb these walls. And, and the keepers of the keeper are like, yeah, whatever. We're going to go drink at the bar that doesn't exist in this tiny little fucking town. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're never seen again, so don't worry about it. So they, they leave and never come back. Uh, so Alexandra also explains that plenty of people come to the keep, but no one spends the night because while there's no ghosts here, they also have dreams and nightmares that drive them out. So that's when the caravan of Jeeps enters the keep, and the priest of the town, who is across between John C. Riley and Stephen Seagal, prays and then has a smoke, just as we get a history lesson <laughs> on the keep. Who, so anyway, who built it? It's nobody's business but the Turks. I was like, that's all I kept thinking about fucking during that sequence. I was like, oh, it's not Constantinople. <laughs> it's Istanbul. Wow. <laughs> you, you went there with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Warman considers it a super weak fortress, but, you know, no mind. Alexandru flips shit when he finds out that two of his men have been trying to steal some of the nickel crosses. And he's like, dude, huge no-no, man. 
Like, you could just do whatever the fuck you want in here, but don't take them crosses. And one of them's like, okay, dude. So, are we going to see you again? Probably not. Goodbye. And then he just walks out and never comes back. So, that night, one of the crosses yeah. begins to glow. Yeah. Go ahead, Monkey. <laughs> I was going to say, because now we sit there and see him, even though he's part of German occupational forces, he is supposed to be kind of a humanist here because he's like, yeah, <laughs> we are here to, to guard this place. We are not here to violate it. Right. Yep. That's as, all as they're you there for is to, to guard. So, yeah, they're, all they're there is to guard it. Uh, at night, two of the guards, uh, Lutz and Anton, uh, look at one of the crosses that's glowing. So, of course, they want to get that cross because it's nickel, silver. You know, we could, we could make money off of this. Come on. You know, let's break it out. So they start going for the cross, and they remove a block with the cross on it and enter a chamber where they find another cross. So Lutz climbs in with a knife scratching at the cross, and he's convinced there's more silver to come. So then all of a sudden he's sucked right down into the darkness. Yep. Saved by the lead that's attached to him. So we go well, kind of barely <laughs> into the we see kind of barely into this chamber because it's so fucking dark. Until so we start to see a couple of things in stone and then we see a beam of light soaring up in a way. Anton, meanwhile, still has a grip on the lead and screams for his friend, and then the lead goes slack and Lutz is coming up dead on that lead, shredded. So it's like there's only half of his body. The rest of it's been shredded. And the wind picks up, and the walls begin to move, which scares Anton half to death. Uh, So now the space has been completely opened, and they're flooded in light. So there's just light everywhere. Anton is overwhelmed by it. And then he just – it's great because it's like a slow motion of his body being blown back by the wind, but then it gets kind of torn in half. So you're like, okay, so he's kind of bisected, but it just disappears. And that's when the other soldiers run in and start firing. And that's when all of a sudden light escapes from the chasm, and suddenly Scott Glenn, as Glaken, uh, Trimagestus, I guess, I couldn't pronounce it. Even I just, I couldn't. But, yeah, Glaken, Trimagestu, uh, his eyes glow white, and he wakes up in bed, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of cum, you know, all, flying all you down. Gotta, all you got to do is just up. call him, uh, you just got to call him Glaken. <laughs> Glaken That's all I'm going to call him from but, the rest of this movie, folks, I tried. I but, tried with the last name. I'm just going to call him Glaken. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, it's like th- these moments here is your first taste of Michael Mann saying, I want to make MTV music videos. And, again, yeah. they, like we yeah. cannot reiterate, gl- glowing lights, you know, wind machines like a motherfucker. There's going to be a lot of wind machines. Get ready for wind machines. Because there's going to be so a lot many. of these motherfuckers throughout the rest of the movie. There's so many. We don't know why they're there, but they are. So, yes, yeah, Scott Glenn, who a lot of people might know as Crawford from Sons of the Lambs. In this movie, he, he's Glaken. Uh, he leaves his apartment and he goes around town until we find out that he's in Imperius, Greece. And Glaken needs to rent a boat to go to Constance up the Romanian coast. But he's told it's too dangerous and very expensive, but he has the cash to get there. So off he goes to get to the keep. That's where he's ultimately trying to go. <laughs> and then when we come Kitty back into the keep, everybody has to get to the keep. To the keep. Yeah, man. The keep is where the deep it's is. The so. <laughs> it's the save point. <laughs> he's just trying to get to the save point yeah. in this fucking RPG. <laughs> but again... This is one of those moments where I'm like, dude, Michael, man, cut it, man. Like, I don't need to see a five-minute sequence of a boat. 
traveling across water. Like, I get it. He's going to the keep. Got it. Move on. Like, let's get on with the story. But we eventually cut back to the keep where Warman is, and Warman's informed that another man, Steiner, died during the night, and that brings the death toll up to five. And also, there's been no answer to his request for relocation. Suddenly, a bunch of very well-dressed Nazis all show up, corralling the villagers by force. Uh, and as Warman runs yep. out to stop the villagers... Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. With the nice uniforms and their little fucking armbands. That's what I'm saying, man. This was German... We the movie started with occupation German occupational forces. Now we're getting the fucking SS in here. The fucking pretty ass motherfuckers in their fucking black uniforms. Yep. Fuck the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Get the living fuck out of the Nazis. Nazis fuck fucking all. suck. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're gonna hear a lot of that fucking tonight, bitches. You know. So yeah, no, yeah. Because listen, Inglorious Bastards, a great film. Watch it because yeah. But anyway, it's not enough to keep. Uh, so. The leader of the soldiers announces to the members of the village that you've all been working as partisans and you've all been working against the German Reich. And Warman's like, that's fucking insane, dude. Like, they're all fine. Like, what are you worried about? And he's like, are you insane? He goes, nope. I'm the SS Eisen Commander Stumann von Vor Kampfer. And his relocation <laughs> request has been denied. And I'm like, damn. You know what? I want to fucking hit you so bad, Comfort. Like, I, from the moment he shows up, Gabriel Byrne is so good at playing the fucking sleaziest Nazi that you could ask for in a movie. Like, him in a stupid fucking haircut, you know, where it's, like, shaved on the sides, you know. I'm like, oh, God, I just want to punch you in the fucking face. Like, so bad. You know, and uh, you want to see him get his comeuppance. And that's where Michael Mann does well. He created a great villain, you know, with, with comfort, you know, who believes that the partisans are the reasons why the German soldiers are dying. He's like, yeah. There, there's really nothing here except partisans, and we're just going to have to kill them, and we're just going to have to take them out. So for every five that will be killed German soldier-wise, he's just going to kill the villagers. So he's basically yeah. making this plan. Yeah. So if a German soldier yeah, dies, but, but, five villagers are going to die. Yeah, but straight up, as soon as the SS rolls up into the town, they immediately gather everyone in the village and then immediately yep. start pu- pulling mass executions. You know, uh, yep. you know, uh, yep. tra- traditional, you know, ju- yeah. yeah, dude. But, yep. but, but again, you know, pulling what they were pulling against the Jewish people, uh, putting them traditionally against walls. It doesn't matter who the fuck yep. you are, man, yep. woman, or child. Yep. You know, we are sitting there, there and we're going to sit there and just take five random people, sh- sh- kill them right there on the spot. And now you know who the fuck we are. Again, like you said, just establishing a great villain here of douchebag fucking Nazi assholes. Because once uh, Comfort goes into the keep to set up shop, you know, to set up his office, you know, that's when uh, Werman comes to him and he's like, you know, listen, like, you don't know what's going on here. Like, there's something more happening. And Comfort is real quick to kind of say, you know what, you're a bad fucking leader, dude. You don't know how to guide your men, and that's why they're dying. He's like, see what works is fear. I had to kill those people to put fear into the villagers' hearts because they're not going to kill any more German soldiers because they know if they do, they're going to be killed. So I have the plan. You don't. And, of course, Warman's like, you don't even know. Like, you don't even know. Yeah, he's like, you have no fucking idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's like, but you know what? Let's see what happens. You figure it out yourself, you dick. 
you know, as he sits back on, you know, his bunk. And that's when they find out that uh, there's been another death. So we have a hostage being taken in to look at the body because that's what Comfort wants to do. We'll bring a hostage, and it's because of the partisans that did it. We'll just kill him. But this guy is crispy. This is uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken Crispy lying dead on the ground. Obviously, a partisan couldn't have done that. So what's your fucking answer, dude? And he doesn't have one because he doesn't really recognize what's going on. And there's also writing on the wall that's seen kind of Romanian, but kind of not. It's like a dead language. So they're bringing the priest, and he's like, I can't read that. Like, it's in Romanian, but it's meaningless. But you know what? There is somebody that could translate that. It's Dr. Kuza. He's a uh, professor of medieval history and studied the keep. But, uh, guys, he's Jewish, so he's not around. So wherever your soldiers took him, that's where he is, a concentration camp, where he's sitting there with his daughter, Eva, you know, basically just rotting away in his wheelchair. Um, and then we see that this is played by Ian McKellen, who does a fucking great job in makeup. Because I was like, holy shit, is he that old all the time? No, this is makeup, folks. This is, you know, Max von Sydow, exorcist-type makeup. Yeah, I just want to say real quick about the makeup. It's odd how yeah. well, like in 1983, they nailed the makeup without knowing <laughs> yeah. how much they were going to actually mimic what he looks like today. Like it, it yeah. was fucking it was, yeah, shocking. Perfect. You know, it was like, holy shit. You know, he actually, you know, looks like that today. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and yeah, and uh, it's a, it's amazing makeup uh, because at the same time, I'm like, dude, is this made last year? Yeah. No, it's made back in '83. Yeah, but uh, but then again, also, also see... it was like here here we are, Magneto back in a fucking concentration camp again. I was like, oh, holy shit! What is... <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> Ian McKellen, you didn't even know you were going to be Magneto back then, but you were. <laughs> but man, so future also uh, in the cast. Yeah, uh, it was interesting mm-hmm. uh, for a film if in 1983 to see, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jürgen, uh, because Prokhnow, he was actually, uh, well, yes. And, 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 and beer fest, but he, and yeah, a million other yeah. things, but he, uh, was, I think originally going to play the Terminator, uh, but they Ooh. ended up going with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So oh really? Seen him, <laughs> oh cool. Yeah, I've 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 seen him in things as like an old man, but I've never seen him yeah. like at an age that he would have been at. Like he would have been like wrapping this up and then filming the Terminator because the Terminator came out in 1984. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, he was supposed Ooh, wow. to be the Terminator. That's wild. Uh, so we see Glenn okay. arrive but, at a okay. stop point. But, but then also, yep. sorry, sorry. Uh, just just another quick what? note is, okay, again, as much as we're sitting there saying this about Ian McKellen, it's just noting that this was his first, you know, theatrical movie. American so movie. just putting that out there. Yeah. So, yep. yay. You know. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, you, first you're American movie. So. Mad pay- you're going to start getting mad paychecks oh, in 20 yeah. years. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait until you play a Nazi in App Pupil with Brad Renfro many years later. So now you're playing a Jew, then you get to play a Nazi. So come in full circle. Um, but uh, Glaken arrives at a stop point where he tells the guards he's heading to the keep. They tell him to open the case that he has on his motorcycle, but he uses his eye powers to scare the fuck out of him. And then he goes, I'm going to go to the keep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? 
weird okay. milky eye flower. <laughs> and we see Kuza has arrived at the keep with his daughter Eva. Comfort demands that he translates the writing, and when he reads it, it's, I will be free. And then he quips that and the partisans have been writing in a dead language that's been dead for 500 years. So, <laughs> fuck you, Nazi. Um, but later, Wormer tells Kuza and his daughter, just figure out what's killing my men, and I will sneak you off to Bucharest, and you'll be safe. He was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm going to trust you, you fucking Nazi. So Kuza thinks that the priest that's in the town can save him and his daughter. The priest tells him that he's arranged a guide so they can escape from the keep, and he even gives Kuza a cross and says, you know what, this will protect you. Temporarily, but it'll do it. I know you're Jewish. It's probably fucking weird, but just hold on to this cross because it'll protect you, you know, while you're here. So, of course, Kuza takes it. Man, Seventh-day Adventists and their fucking pamphlets, but now you're giving out crosses. Fuck you. Oh, no, anyway. <laughs> So later that night, Eva decides that she's going to walk down through the keep to get a dinner for her and her father. So as she's walking through, we see some of the German soldiers kind of looking at her and laughing and, oh, yeah, that's a nice piece. And then as she's walking back with her meals, she's attacked by two German soldiers, and they sexually assault her. So they essentially rape her. And as the assault continues... Well, they try to. All of a sudden, we see... They were in, they were in, because the force comes in as they're just doing their deed, and the force smoke rolls in, um, and then essentially tears the German soldiers apart. Well, one gets teared in half, as we saw in the beginning, uh, this creature likes to tear people in half, but the other one gets the old eye melt, you know, where we get the big flash of his eyes and he's been taken out. And then the smoke brings her back to Kuza and tells him that if he needs an ally, we need you. But you're fucking collaborating with Nazis, you motherfucker. And Kuz is like, I'm not. I swear to God. Like, you know, and if you don't believe me, just fucking kill me. Always and with that's the when the solar cloud knocks him out and leaves him, you know, just out and cold. As we see Glaken arriving I, to the key. When this, I just want to say, like, this effect of the cloud and walking around through the key. Yeah. I, so like, I don't know how they did it or what it was or anything like that. I fucking loved it, man. It's like, you know, it was just such a cool fucking effect. And then, you know, to sit there and have this mixed with the Tangerine Dream soundtrack of coming in, you know, bringing her in, placing her down and stuff like that. And we start to see, you know, some bits, you know, of the golem here and there and stuff like that. But still, though, oh, yeah. just yep. that, that just that weird ass smoke column just so well controlled was just such a really, really cool effect. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Eva is dropped off, like I had said, by, you know, the smoke creature. But then we also see that the force has made uh, Kuza young again. So he's, he's been given the chance to be young once more, and that brings them once again together. And Eva says, I had a nightmare or dream about what happened. He's like, no, that actually happened. Like, you were roughed up by German soldiers, and you were dropped off by this force. And she's touching up all on Kuz's body. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're young again. He's like, dude, I am so fucking hot right now. Like, I'm a cross between Julian Sands and Sting in the 80s, baby. Like, you don't even know. Like, I was like, I want to kiss yeah, that dude, body, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, man, when he actually showed his face and stuff like that, I was like, God damn, look at you. You are fucking cute. But at the same time, <laughs> He's though, fucking it's like, gorgeous, you know, dude. Yeah, but but on the flip side, though, I was feeling a little uncomfortable, though, because they're a little too touchy-feely for father-daughter, in my opinion. Incestuous, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
I completely agree. It was a little, a little touch, a little touch. Um, but as it <laughs> happens, uh, Horman arrives and tells Eva that she needs to go stay at the inn. It's for your safety. Things went on. We know what happened. And, of course, Cruz is like, well, no, the fuck, she's not leaving. But no one notices he's fucking gorgeous now. Nobody's like, yeah. oh, wait a second. Weren't you old and decrepit <laughs> a second ago? Like, why are you hot now? Nobody yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, my God, I got abs again. Look at this fucking shit. He rips open his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do you have kissful lips all of a sudden, sir? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> nobody, nobody pays attention. So... She eventually decides that, okay, she'll go to the inn, but, of course, Kuzo says, you know what, if, if it happens, whatever happens to me, it's fine. You need to get out of here. You need to escape. You need to find yourself a man. You need to snap, snap, live, girl. You don't yeah. need to be here anymore. Yeah, he, act- sucks, he, dude. he actually tells her, you need to find a man. You need to get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. He's like, dude, you need to get fucking laid, babe. Like, yeah, come on, man. <laughs> the Holocaust sucks. Doesn't mean that you can't get some strange. It's 1941. Let's live. 1941, baby. As Eva decides to leave, uh, Worman notices the cross, and he's like, wait a second. Aren't you Jewish? Like, that's not going to give you any power, Kuza. And he's like, you know what? You take it. Gifting, here, have a good day. You take this cross. I, w- I have no reason. I wanted, that a, I wanted that affair. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, I have no reason for it anymore. So Eva arrives at the inn where Glaken now resides because it's the only room in this inn that overlooks the keep. Glaken isn't willing to give it up, and he's like, you know what? You should just stay with me. And also, we notice that he doesn't have a reflection in the mirror. Like, is he a vampire? Like, is that what we're going yeah. with? He's a fucking... Okay, well, anyway, we're moving on because they don't go back to that ever. It's just fine. Nope. But immediately, Eva <laughs> and Glaken fall in love. I mean, this isn't as fast as Halloween 3 with Tom Atkins and Jimmy Lee Curtis, where they just fuck as soon as he gets hey. in the truck. It's pretty much like the fog, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, but... We also, like, we have a little bit of a montage where they're getting to know each other and hanging out, and then all of a sudden they decide to have movie 80 sex, where it's like they're both yes. naked, but they're pressed real hard against each other, so you can't see anything, and they're both holding each other and kissing, and it's really weird and slow, and it's like, yeah, that's 80 sex in movies. Like, they're both yep. fucking naked, yeah. and you can't see anything, and they're both, like, really okay. aggressively holding their hands. Yeah, he was like, what the fuck was this, you know, the Christ position, you know, while you're sitting there, you know, having sex and all that kind of shit, you know. But, you know, but at the same time, I will give it to her. She did show a little bush, you know, so, you know, good for yeah. her. A little bit, a little bit. It gets to a little bit of the bush. You know, had a little yep, bit of yep. it. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, that happens, like, but good for him. Good, yep. but, but, but good for him. I didn't realize he was so fucking cut. You know, again, oh my like, God, you know, dude, action. built from fucking yeah. Marvel back in the 80s. Uh, yeah. I was like, I, I know like, him from right. South of the Land. He had to give it up on that body. <laughs> so I was like, holy yeah, shit. That's a good call. <laughs> um, so back at the keep, we get our first reveal of the physical form of the force. That's Radu Malasar. And he confronts Kuza. And, of course, the Stranger Things Radu people, Malasar. Radu Malasar, 
looks a lot like Vecna. So, you know, if you're listening at home, if you've seen Stranger Things, you've seen Vecna, that's what Radu looks like. Just a fucking copycat <laughs> of that, uh, that cat. Except he has red eyes. And red I red love eyes. So when he talks, it's just... This, this design I really, really fucking loved. The, this reiteration that we saw, I, I really dug this entire suit. It was Unfortunately, cool. Very cool. I, when we saw the creature design, I, I fucking lost my shit. I was like, this is fucking awesome. I, I'm loving this. Unfortunately, Michael Mann was not happy with this. So we have different reiterations and transformations throughout the movie. If we had kept this creature design throughout the entire movie, I would have been completely happy. All right. So, sorry, King. Please, yeah. please continue. So with this happening, he tells... Uh, uh, Kazu, that you need to get this talisman that's within the keep. If you, gre- if you get it and then leave the keep, I could leave the keep. So everything's going to be uh, happening. Everything's going to be okay. Because, of course, Kuzu tells him about the Nazi in Berlin, Hitler. And he's been killing all the Jews. Fuck he's like, I'll fucking destroy him. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Fucking do it. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, no. Like, you know. So that's all and he has to do. bitches' asses. <laughs> so let's get into the keep, get the talisman, and get out. So, of course, you know, he, he's all about it. He's going to get it. So Glacken appears and tells uh, everybody about how that Roddy's power is being spread through the village, and Kuza can't take that talisman out of the keep. Kuza tells Comfort that there's a man asking questions at the inn, and maybe he has some involvement. Maybe you need to go arrest him, you know, because I have to go into the keep. Oh, shit. Okay, Kuza. So Eva angrily confronts uh, Glacken, and he tells her that the talisman that holds Radu in the keep is his, and he's been around for ages. He's been acting as a guardian of Radu, and he's finally come to destroy him, but it might be too late. He has to try and end it, and when, he en- when Radu ends, he ends. And again, ultimate power move, you're going to break up with someone. Just be like, well, yeah, Dude, I've been around for you millennia. You just tapped that and shit. So listen, <laughs> hey, bitch, I had a great time but I've been around for ages and like, I need to destroy an ultimate power. And then when that happens, I got to go. So we had a lot of fun. It's been great. Got to go. Like, I mean, that was a man. Talk about a power move for a breakup. <laughs> like you would not know the information. You'd be like, what? And, and her, who's uh, you could tell is a virgin, did not take this well. <laughs> she loses no, her shit yeah. on him and was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why the fuck are you even introduce yourself to me? Why'd you, become, why'd you become my lover? And all this kind of stuff. He's like, well, babe, you know, that's the thing about being around is touching and feeling. And that's, that's what it is to exist in this world is, you know, just being able to touch one another. And it's like, there you go. Yep. It's not getting to know each other. It's not getting to sit there and be around. It's touching and feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as the soldiers come in and they grab Glaken and they lead him outside, Glaken gets the upper hand of one of the soldiers and knocks him into a pit, which causes all the German soldiers to come shooting at him. And then all of a sudden his blood becomes like a green glow stick and he gets knocked into a pit <laughs> to almost his uh, death. Not really. It's just such a glowing uh, green glow sticks. And, of course, Eva looks over you. And sees that he's laying at the bottom of the hill. 1993 rave. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. <laughs> so, Kaffer goes out into the the courtyard, and he sees that a bunch of people have been killed. 
for that, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. So I wanted to go back. So uh, Wehrman decides to tell Camper he's done. Like, he's done with being a Nazi. Like, he's just, you have killed so many fucking people. You've killed so many children. Like, this is insane. Like, you are a fucking madman. Like, I am done with what's going on. And, of course, Comper is like, well, this is what we do. This is our party. He's like, I'm a political soldier. I'll do whatever they ask me to do. And Wehrman's like, yeah, bro, not for me. I'm checking out. So as soon as he leaves, we hear some gunfire. And with Wormans backing, he turns to Camper. Camper takes a gun and shoots him to death. Gets rid of that problem. Put the ass, Nazi! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we hear the gunfire outside, and that's when Camper decides he's going to check out the courtyard. And that's when we see all the German soldiers are now dead, all of them. It's a scorched earth. There's nothing. Oh, yeah. It's so, And it's so, yeah, it's so fucking pretty. It's like the, the entire yeah, set. It like, really is. The, the, the set. The the set when you like and the, this is like a big big thing uh, if you can allow me King um, yeah go ahead when you first, the, the, when the, when you the movie ahead. first begins thank you Dean when the mo- movie first opens they're going into the keep it's like <laughs> everything is so neat so tidy it's like it's this pristine you know onyx palace if you will and now yeah. that they're coming through and like the King was saying scorched earth you're seeing everything disheveled all over the place and is just slate thrown all all over the place and thrown, you know, here and there. It's just a beautiful, beautiful battleground of just fucking ugly, distorted bodies here and there, melted trucks all over the place. It's a really, really Mm -hmm. good scene of just destruction. (laughs) Oh, it was so good. And you have comfort going through this scene, seeing everything. And I like the fact that you can see some of their faces with the eyeballs intact as he's walking through, and that's when he comes across Radu, who he's fucking terrified by him. It's a giant fucking guy with red eyes and a red mouth. And he tries to get away, and that's when Radu grabs a hold of him and then just fucking sucks the life out of him. And you get to see that great white light effect coming out of his eyes and his mouth. So it's like, yeah, he didn't even burn him. He just took his fucking soul. Yeah, yeah Radu. One less Nazi in the world. I, because of everything he done in this movie, I, I have to admit, I was looking for something a little bit better, maybe something a little bit more slow motion effects of us being able to see yeah. the life literally sucked out of him, just because, again, of everything that he's done to the villagers here, and we know everything he's done yeah. in his history. Well, yeah, I was hoping for something a little bit nastier to happen to this fucking Nazi. Yeah, it would have been like almost Indiana Jones, you know, and, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, where you see their fucking faces melt. Like, that would have been cool. Yep. You know, because they deserve what they got. Um, <laughs> there you go. That would have been. During this, whole, during this whole thing, Kuza has been trying to retrieve the talisman, the free Radu from the keep. And Radu, all of a sudden, he should be wearing a fucking cheerleader costume because he's like, go, 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 Kuza, go, go, go. Nobody, nobody. Nobody's going to stop you. And I'm like, man. Like, <laughs> he's cheering him on the entire time. And Kuz is like, hell yeah, brother. I'm going to run out of here. I got it. Like, let's go. <laughs> you know. Um, and then we see Blake and getting Berlin. a second win. On the <laughs> I love it. So we see Blake and getting a second win, wearing all the glow stick blood. And he climbs out of the, the hill that he has fallen on. And then Kuza runs into Eva, 
And he's like, I got it. I got it. I got it. Like, this is great. Like, you know, we're going to free Radu. Everything's going to be okay. The Nazis are fucked. Like, this is great. He was like, you can't do that. Like, you can't take it out of here. Like, you have to leave it. And he's like, what the fuck, dude? No. And then what do you mean? An altercation oh, and, start fighting. The and, you know, she's like, what? Like, we're going to kill the Nazis. And, of course, Radu shows up. He's like, yes. Yes, kill her. Kill her. And he's like, oh, you know what? I thought about it. Can't do it. Uh, she's my daughter and shit. Like, <laughs> wow. So here's the thing, Radu. Like, we're like you know. Can't do it because she's my daughter. Uh, anybody else will do. Like, if you want to kill me, if you, if you want me to kill that guy over there, I will. He looks pretty dead, but I'll do it again. Like, I'll, I'll re-kill <laughs> okay. him. Um, yeah, we're always kind of close to making out. I don't know if I can kill my daughter. Weird. So fucking weird. Like, you know, but anyway. So he, I can't kill my daughter. So Radu decides he's going to turn him back into an old man. He's like, oh, no. Back in the wheelchair. Yeah, that sucks for Cooper. Dude, um, so sorry for him, man. Then, but before that happens, Kuza has a great fucking moment where he's like, why don't you fucking do it, motherfucker? Why don't you do it? Like, why don't you take this fucking thing out of here? Why do I got to do it? Oh, yeah. Why do I got to be your little Oh, fucking? yeah. He, you know what? Oh, yeah. He, he totally you know, makes like, him oh, his bitch, man. This, this is a great theatrical oh. moment. Like, he totally fucking <laughs> yeah. Gandalfs this shit. <laughs> Yeah. You show me how do it. <laughs> show me how bad you are, Radu. You take it. You take it out of here. And then I go home. What about that? What about that, motherfucker? Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Uh, he's not taking it out of here. He wanted a you know cozy ticket out of here. So then Glaken shows up and he has a talisman, which okay, it turns into a very fancy maglite flashlight. That's all it, it fucking does. turns into. It does. <laughs> it does. I'm watching it, and it's turning, and it's flipping, and it's turning into things. And then Glickin's holding it like a fucking security guard at a mall past 1030. Just like, yeah, this they, is it. They actually give it a transformation sequence. You know, <laughs> like, right up, like Mighty Morphin Power Ranger transformation sequence. sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Voltron Power Rangers is turning into something, and then Glaken's holding it like a fucking flashlight. And he's like, this is it. This is what I'm going to get him with. And he does. He flashes it at Radu. It goes through his abdomen, and then it banishes him to where he came from. This whole light happens where it's bright, and that's where Radu goes. And then all of a sudden, Glaken's like, oh, shit, it's happening to me too. And he gets sucked <laughs> through that light. And then disappears. And this is apparently, I had to look it up because I was like, what the fuck has happened? And apparently that was him turning into light so he could seal up where Radu came from from the beginning of the movie. Uh, that's ah. out by Anton and Lutz. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, okay, that makes more sense because I was so fucking confused. I'm like, well, he looked like he didn't want to go into that light. Like, he looked like he was really struggling. Uh, but then he did, and, you know, that's, that's the end of Radu. Uh, so once that happens, of course, the villagers come running out of their homes, and they're like, yay, yes, Kuza and Eva are fine. We're going to take you away. So they take, uh, they take Kuza away, and then Eva does that glorious fucking, I just had a great piece of gum back in the 80s commercial turn. 
where she looks towards where he got cut through to. And he and we get the the freeze frame as we go to credits. So that's I love that little turnaround freeze frame. I was like, Yeah, dentine. Like, you know. No. She wasn't chewing gum. <laughs> she was just reacting to what happened. So anyway, yeah. So that's the keep. Uh again. Yeah. I felt like it dragged in a lot of ports. And I felt like it could oh, have yeah. sped up in certain sections. But at the same time, the effects were so fucking good for 1983. Like were. you were saying, Monkey, about the smoke. And then when we get Radu in his physical form, like, that's fucking tight, dude. When he's got the red eyes and the red mouth, and he's like, you must do what I tell you. Like, that's pretty cool for 1983 if they were able to come up with that. But, of course, Michael Mann's like, yeah, can we just talk about Miami Vice and Heat for a little while? Do we have to keep talking about the Heat? The heat? <laughs> yeah, it's like visually this movie was fucking great. Like, uh, I, yeah. I'm thinking, like, this is one of those movies where if we had all seen it in heavy rotation, you know, on cable at the time back in the day, we all would have been really, really fond of this film because – of just yeah. constant special effects and how great it was. Like, I'm thinking this is one of those ones that, you know, definitely would have fallen into that category of falling into the nostalgia thing. But all of us, you know, for, well, you know, everybody except you because you've seen everything, King, you know, <laughs> first-time viewers, you know, it's, it's like, you know, yeah, it's like, ah, okay. Thanks, monkey, for picking another fucked up pick. <laughs> no, it, it, it's definitely horror adjacent. It's another monkey horror adjacent movie. Where it's like it's not but totally horror, but I wasn't horror, going the horror for horror there. adjacent. I was going for straight. That's the problem. But this year, I was going for straight up horror. You know, and it's listed <laughs> as straight up horror. It's, it's not listed as science fiction. It's not listed as fantasy. I was like, and then after I finished watching, I was like. Man, I just watched a long-ass fucking Kate Bush video where we're just running up that hill making a deal with God because that's what we do on this show. Hey, thank you for She's got a resurgence from Stranger Things. Good on you, Kate Dude, Bush. man, Fuck yeah. Yeah, yes, hell yes. You know, Kate Bush, you make that money. Yes. Well fucking deserved. And then to find out that Absolutely. the Falcon is now making a lot more money because... After 36 years, Master of Puppets is now all of a sudden trending. I'm like, yeah, but Metallica's yeah. got enough money. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, as, they 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 the same time, will sue anybody. At karaoke, they'll yeah, that's what I was like, like, yeah, you gotta yeah, pay his royalties. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know, fuck you, Lars Ulrich. <laughs> he's in there breaking on that thing. He's gotta buy another house. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. He's gotta so buy anyway, this house so with that, the keys. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that was The Keep from 1983, directed by Michael Mann. Uh, you know, for better or worse, check it out if you're looking for something different. Uh, talking about something different, the ghoul, he's not here, but he told me what his pick was, and I was so fucking excited for it uh, because he decided to pick something from 1986. So we're only going a couple years later from The Keep. But, you know, you know gremlins, you know munchies, you know critters, and, of course, you know, Ghoulies, but we're not going to be talking about Ghoulies 1, because Ghoulies 1, eh, it's fine. Like, it, it holds a place. Now, we're going to go back to the fun of Ghoulies Part 2 from 1986, directed by Albert Band, part of Charles Band's family, for some weird fun at a carnival 
where the ghoulies show up and you better not take a shit because, you know, the ghoulies are going to be there to get you in the end. So that is <laughs> the ghoul's pick for next week. Ghoulies 2. So I love the fact that the ghoul's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck up the monkey's day and say, we're not talking about ghoulies 1, we're talking about ghoulies 2. And I'm like, yeah, ghoulies 1 doesn't need to be talked about. That movie sucks. Let's talk about ghoulies 2. It has nothing to do with ghoulies 1. It's a completely different fucking movie. It just has a ghoulies in it. So I was like, you're fine. What? <laughs> you well, don't have to watch because part I, one. Because I've never seen a ghoulies movie, period. So this is awesome. Oh, oh wow. Thanks, ghoul. Yes. Yo, wow. I, can't wait. I can't wait now. I cannot wait to get that's your opinion on ghoulies, too. So that's going to be yeah, fucking right as hell. I can't wait. A treat, perhaps? Oh, yeah, we're going to have to go to college. I'm going to have to pick that. Ghoulies 3, go to college. At <laughs> <laughs> a certain point where oh, they yay. start talking. But I cannot wait for the monkey's opinion about this movie. It's something that I watched many times as a kid. So really looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Phil Fontecaro shows up. The greatest, you know, little person actor that you can get back in the 80s. So we'll talk about it, of course. So anyway, as for this episode, we are finished, boys. Thank you so much, Dean, for showing up and always giving us the oh, best yeah. that you can. Oh, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and turn yourself out? I'm so excited to talk about Ghoulies 2. Ghoulies 2. Can't wait. All right, go ahead, monkey. Why don't you go ahead and sign yourself out? All right. I'm just psychotic to me. The Mad Monkey, thanks for listening and letting me come in your ears. And remember, brave people of Earth, never be afraid to stand up and say, fuck Nazis. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the greatest send-off for this movie, is that despite what you think about it, whether it was slow or not a lot of horror, not a lot of sci-fi. Fuck Nazis, man. That's all I'm saying. If you have a Nazi in your area, feel free to punch them. You know, they're not—they're gonna Absolutely. complain, they're gonna cry, but they're fucking Nazis, dude. Like we had enough of it. We, you know, we had the all right movement. We've had all that. Fuck them. Fuck all Nazis, man. They all deserve a smack in the face. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Hitler's been dead for fucking many years. He ain't coming back, motherfucker. Deal with it. So, with that being said. As always, I'm your old friend, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hail Satan. Hail Odorous. Hail yourselves. We'll see you back here next week for Ghoulie 2. Fun at the carnival.